We're joined by Yael Osowski of the Consumer Choice Center here this morning. Guy with deep pockets traveling the world. I mean, hell, one of the elites. There's no doubt about it. Coming to you from the Greek Isles on the other side of the world. Right here on the Big Talker FM this morning. Yael, my friend, it's always a pleasure. Yep. Pleasure to talk to you, Joe. I don't have the best of pockets. I uh, I trust <laughs> you. Not the deepest ever. <laughs> ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, their website, uh, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. Uh, give us, uh, paint the picture for us. Uh, give us a, a little uh, description of what your eyes are seeing on this uh, beautiful, what, Tuesday afternoon right now in your neck of the woods. Well, it's it's good now. I, I was in Greece, actually. I was able to come back on the weekend. They let me back on the plane uh, but really had a great trip, you know, there, Joey Bag of Donuts, um, was able to enjoy the sun. Uh, I did put on enough sun cream, though uh, my French-Canadian skin probably could use a lot more. Uh, but, you know, it's just amazing to see. And uh, Greece, by the way, is open to Americans, specifically those who are vaccinated. So anyone can hop on a plane and get over to Greece uh, if you can find a cheap flight. Uh, luckily, so you know, Joe, I fly on the cheap airlines, so I took, you know, the Wizz Air or the Ryanair for about 40 bucks to go down to Greece. Well, of course, you know, flying in Europe, uh, you can go here, there, and everywhere, uh, you know, uh, basically uh, what it would take us to go from the East Coast to Texas. So you could go to like seven or eight different countries uh, during that uh, time frame, no? Oh, well, yes, you can, but I would say a big reason as well for the flights is just general affordability, taxes, and these things called cabotage laws in the U.S. that make it so that you can't have any foreign airlines that go between U.S. ports uh, when it comes to airlines. So that actually makes it really expensive because it means that if there's a British Airways flight that comes over from London, goes to New York, they could go pick people up in Miami before they head back. That's technically illegal. So it's only U.S. airlines that can do all the U.S. ports and go in between the cities. And we don't really have that in Europe. And that's why the flights are way cheaper. Obviously, taxation is, is another thing. I mean, the landing fees and airport taxes and everyone's got a tax somewhere. But yeah, that, that's through the roof. But vacation overall was great, Joe. I mean, come on. This is um, actually only my second time I did an all-inclusive. You ever done one of these? Oh, yeah. Down uh, in Mexico, in Tulum, was our first uh, all-inclusive, and uh, uh, we enjoy it uh, in that uh, you know all the meals and everything is condensed uh, on the resort site. Uh, and if you want to mosey out uh, every once in a while, you can do so. But, I mean, largely, you've got everything you need uh, right on the campus, so to speak. Radio colleague David Clement, and uh, we did the very Canadian thing and went down to Cuba. So uh, we did venture out and go to Havana, and uh, it's a very poor, decrepit place. I do not recommend it. Obviously, the, the uh, resort was very nice, and I tipped very, very highly, I do assure you, and talked to everybody about freedom and uh, free markets <laughs> and everything I could. Uh, but, but in Greece, it was a totally different flavor, Mediterranean Sea, beautiful sun. Uh, look, this is, uh, this is what happens uh, at the end of the day if people are able to get out out of their homes, they're able to travel, they're able to see the world again. Uh, I'm not scared of any variants because all the studies that we're seeing show that the vaccines are effective against it. So I say all the better, keep the masks off, let's keep traveling, let's keep having some fun. 
But when we see that uh, or we hear that from somebody like yourself and we've been echoing these sorts of things for months and uh, called all sorts of names, denier, anti-vaxxer, this, that, or the other, doesn't really uh, you know, bother me. I've got thick skin growing up in the Catanache household. You've, you've got to know how to take a little heat every once in a while. But, uh, you know, the virtue signaling, I think, is what uh, you know, makes me sickest in the stomach in that, what was it, just a few days ago, we had the vice president of the United States, uh, uh, Dr. Two New York Fauci, out there walking off the tarmac, uh, you know, six feet apart, and they're all masked. Or, what was it, the G7 summit a couple of weeks back, uh, they're on a you know, remote beach with, uh, you know, just one another, you know, the G7 leaders, and they're elbow bumping. I mean, the virtue signaling is, uh, you know, sickening to the stomach and i think that's by and large why people a number of people have basically had enough of enough with this uh, covid bs well if you think about it now the real anti-vaxxers are the people who are still wearing masks because essentially that means that they don't believe that the vaccine works and it's not effective so the people who are denying the efficacy of the vaccines are those who are still masked up like crazy and again our laws haven't changed we still are required to have a mask on planes and trains and all other uh, federal transportation. Uh, we talked on our show, I think two weeks ago, with a guy who was kicked off a flight because his two-year-old would not don the mask. Could you imagine, Joe, the two-year-old would not comply with government orders and they were kicked off the flight and their, all their luggage you know, flew away and they had to go get it. But I tell you, this is a, it's something to where... We need to see government working better. And I know we often talk about limiting government and making sure that, you know, we have better regulation. It has to be smart as well. And we have to adjust with the times. And if we don't have masks mandates in many stores and in most areas, it makes no sense anymore to have them on airplanes and trains and some of these other uh, places where you're required to don them. So unfortunately, it's still a reality here in Europe. Uh, I'll be heading out to the F1 race over the weekend, so uh, I'm sorry to all my NASCAR uh, buddies and fans, but uh, I will check out a little bit of European racing. And uh, there, you do need to wear a mask at the entrance, but I do believe we don't have to wear it throughout the race. And if that's true, then I will go out and protest. Nothing better than uh, being outside, uh, say, at the beach and, uh, you know, maybe even in the ocean, as I saw during the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, I'm taking a dunk in the ocean. I come up, uh, wipe uh, the salt water out of my eyes, uh, you know, throw the wap mop uh, back, and all of a sudden I look to my left, and there's somebody in chest-high water with a mask on. Uh, a little confused uh, with all of that, but nonetheless, uh, I mean, to each his own, I guess. So whatever you know, you need to do to feel safe and secure in this wild, wild world uh, that we're living in, Yael. Uh, as uh, we communicated earlier this morning, uh, you uh, said uh, among some of the talking points that you wanted to hit, we need to start looking at regulations. What in the hell do you mean by that, Yael? <laughs> I, I want, you know, I mentioned that generally, but really I think about when we, when we, let's, let's discuss travel, for instance, when we think of all the taxes, when we think of the regulations that are passed, we always assume, and this is a very rudimentary assumption, that things are done for a reason, that there is some logical reason, you know, not to sound like Spock, but it's all about logic. You know, there's some logical reason why we have this particular regulation or this particular law, like the cabotage laws that I mentioned before about planes flying between different ports if it's from a different country. There's always this assumption that it's a rational, logical decision. 
But much of it is not. Much of it is based on, uh, if you look at public choice economics, the idea that there are particular groups that have influence, that are loud at a particular time, and they can get a regulation passed. And that's what is so problematic about a lot of regulation. And, And this is not a general decrying. I mean, we can talk about all the examples all day, and I think that's what I've done on the radio with you, Joe, probably the last three or four years. But there are so many instances where laws exist or regulations exist because at one time it maybe made sense because of some pressure group, but these things are still enacted and they're still in order. And I I hope it's not going to happen that way for the mask mandate. It happens every day with a lot of taxation uh, that are on various products. And I'm just, I'm very wary of the idea that we need continuously add to the register both to the federal register and to the state register of the more and more laws that we need. And I think we need to have more of a general skepticism. I'd love to see a type of sunshine uh, law that they have down in Florida. I'd love to see something to where many of the regulations that are passed, particularly on income or on personal behavior, have an expiration date. You know, something like that, I think, would be much more effective. And I think if regulations are needed, and in some cases they are, then we can keep those and we can apply those. But otherwise, the system has grown far too paternalistic. And it means that Joe Catanacci can't go down the boardwalk with a beer at the same time that you can't get a cheap flight between here and New Orleans. It's much the same. Well, and one of the things that really stood out to me over the course of the past year in regards to health care, and uh, you know, one of the things uh, that we hear about is that uh, you know there is a uh, not an equal share, I guess you could say, of uh, you know those who may be on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale and their access to a doctor or uh, to you know a healthcare plan that suits their needs. And you've written about it, and we've highlighted you know a number of things that you know very minor things that would open up uh, you know the marketplace to those who do not have access to it currently. And I think of the idea of what telemedicine. Uh, in the year 2021, Yael, uh, it was you know largely shunned. This idea of being able to call a doctor or a nurse on a video conference, uh, you know, Zoom uh, discussion uh, to talk about some of the ailments or symptoms you may have, rather than have to jump in the car, drive uh, you know 15 miles, sit in a doctor's office for 35 minutes, and then see the doctor for five seconds uh, after going through all of the other you know staff members who, who chart all of the things that, that you list as far as concerns that you have with your health. How about what a novel concept? You're able to call a doctor and a nurse, and you can talk right to them from your home in the year 2021, Yael. Indeed. And you know, telemedicine is one thing that has advanced in the course of the last few months. Uh, various states, including North Carolina, have adopted various regulations to make that easier, which is ridiculous that it was even restricted or super-regulated in the first place. And that's the kind of really big caveat. The biggest example with healthcare is just that all of this stuff is always managed by the government or this subsidy or that subsidy. People should just be free to go out and choose their own insurance plans. But unfortunately, there are so many regulations baked into the law that make that very difficult. You cannot have a national insurance provider. Everything is by the states. That's why you have a blue cross and blue shield of North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia and Virginia and all the other states. That's the regulations that don't allow the various companies to consolidate so they can offer lower prices. They can perhaps offer more services. There's a lot of that that happens. And unfortunately, it's a lot of the incentives that are baked into the law. And this is the kind of stuff that at some point in time, there was some pressure group 
that got you know control of the legislative system of the lobbying system and was able to get that passed and unfortunately we're still paying the price particularly the poorest among us who usually have to take more out of their pocket to go visit the doctor or do basically anything and that's really what it comes down to is what is the impact on low and middle income earners on average people that's what most people don't realize. And unfortunately, a lot of the people who have been in Washington far too long or people who have been in Raleigh for six, seven, eight, nine terms, many times they're not as connected to those people who first elected them. And I think that's why it's always good to have fresh blood, always good to have good people who are independent-minded citizens who are also trying to get involved in the legislative process. Yeah, you're always advocating for more choice, uh, alternatives, uh, and options, and ultimately, you know, th- through your lens, uh, that uh, benefits uh, the consumer, uh, the everyday uh, average Joe out there, rather than, of course, as uh, you know, we've highlighted the bureaucracy or you know, uh, centralized government. Uh, earlier this week, uh, in fact, yesterday, uh, since we're only uh, Tuesday of this week, uh, earlier this week, meaning Monday, uh, state attorneys here in North Carolina announced a settlement uh, that uh, subjects uh, e-cigarette giant Juul Labs uh, to pay $40 million and forces the company to change how it does business uh, here in North Carolina. I know you are an advocate uh, for vaping and e-cigs as an alternative uh, to traditional smoking. Now, some people, of course, uh, could do without it. Uh, some, uh, you know, have transitioned. Others uh, are uh, like our buddy TK Turbo through and through a Marlboro man uh, until, you know, uh, the, cur- the, cr- the crows come. Uh, with that said, when you have highlighted, of course, uh, well, what the World Health Organization had been focusing on in the buildup uh, to COVID-19, restricting things like e-cigarettes in certain parts of the world using, uh, well, Michael Bloomberg's money to do so in places, you know, uh, Outside of the United States, here in North Carolina, as we mentioned, a $40 million settlement agreement announced by Jewel Labs in the state of North Carolina. Uh, what brought on this lawsuit, and why do you think you know this is straying away from you know your ideals on consumer choice? I mean, it's completely bogus, and it, it stems from the office of Josh Stein, who's the Attorney General of North Carolina. And essentially, a lot of this just comes down to money, and it's a way to get money. It's a way for lawyers who are hired by the state to make money. And what they're claiming against Juul, which, again, it has nothing to do with the company, everything to do with the technology, because it impacts everybody. They said, oh, well, they were selling and marketing to youth. That's the the big claim. Well, they were not selling to youth. These are people who were perhaps not following the ID restrictions in various stores, you know, you can't blame a company for that. It's absolutely ridiculous. You don't blame Budweiser if a bunch of, you know, kids are able to play Hey Johnny on the corner and get them a six pack at the end of the week. Uh, when it comes to the advertising, even there, it's, it's a bit strange because they say the reason that the advertising worked is because you had this number of 20.8% of youth who are uh, daily or have vaped in the last 30 days. That's the big statistic that's drawn out there. The problem with that statistic is that that's general vaping. And if you look at really the number, half of that is people who are vaping cannabis cartridges, much like the bootleg cartridges that got people sick and actually had this lung illness there, I think, about two years ago. So a lot of this is just based on money. It has nothing to do with you know actual concerns about people. And who's left out in all of this 
is actually smokers who rely on these to switch away from traditional tobacco products. I mean, this is technology that the market has delivered. And in many circumstances, much like the World Health Organization, the one thing that the international public health bureaucracy absolutely detests and hates is when the market finds a solution for something that they did not draw up in their bureaucratic draw room. And that's what vaping has provided, because this is private companies who offer these products that people use. And you can use the open tank systems, you can use the pod systems, whatever you want. Smokers are actually being able to improve their lives. I've made that point a million times. But to see that in North Carolina, and it's a bit rich, North Carolina is still making tons of money from the tobacco companies. They're still making tons of money from these master settlement agreements from many years ago stemming from other lawsuits. You know, really, we have to wonder, where does all this money go at the end of the day? They say it's going to go to education and training. I very much doubt it. I think it'll be very much like the North Carolina education lottery, and most of it will just go to plug some holes in the budget, unfortunately. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center. And hey, you know, I can recall a time when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. There's a lot of things uh, that I was told not to do. And somehow, some way, uh, a young Joey Katz uh, was able to figure out a way, as you said, to get that six pack or get that pack of smokes. Uh, kids, if they are interested in doing something, oftentimes are going to find different ways in which to do that. No matter what you see on TV or what you're told on the radio, as far as you know, advertising goes, you know, for project uh, products uh, like e-cigs, for instance. Yeah, find me one young person who never engaged in risky behavior. That's the entire point of adolescence is the entire point of being young, making mistakes, learning from them and growing. You know, we already infantilize adult consumers every day. We're just kind of, you know, bring that all the way down until they're about three years old. And, and we make sure that they, you know, eat all of their broccoli and peas and do absolutely everything according to the public health guidelines. There's no freedom of choice in that system. There's a reason that we live in a free United States and not in a totalitarian dictatorship like China or North Korea, because we do have freedom of choice and it's consumer choice. And, you know, one day it might be your Big Mac or your hamburger that they're coming after. So maybe vaping or smoking, none of this applies to you. Uh, but really, there's a lot of talk about alcohol as well. Alcohol might come onto the purview of the World Health Organization, fatty foods, uh, there's a lot of different areas that the international health bureaucrats, while we're talking on the radio, they're thinking up regulations and restrictions that'll make it harder to access those items. And I think that is probably the most problematic part. And I've seen you, you know, take a toke or two from a jewel or a you know, vape pen, an e-cig, yet uh, here in North Carolina, the first state to sue jewel get to a $40 million settlement here. We've got nine other states that have filed, uh, followed. We talk about all sorts of these lawsuits and, uh, you know, the pressure they're going to put on private companies. At the end of the day, you know, say Jewel, and I'm sure they're very profitable in what they do, but, uh, you know, $30 million is no, you know, chunk, a small chunk of change or $40 million, whatever it was. You know, you throw in nine other states involved in this. If they reach similar settlements, all of a sudden their bottom line is hurt. And, uh, you know, who benefits from uh, these sorts of things uh, when government is able to you know, win out uh, on certain businesses within certain industries, uh, but leave others alone? Well, it's, it's the government, A, the lawyers, B, and the incumbent companies, C. Because if people don't have these options to use these vaping devices, 
what are they going to have? Well, ordinary cigarettes and ordinary tobacco, which uh, as far as I checked, Joe, last time I was there, uh, is plenty available in many different flavors and many different types. And, uh, there, you know, there's no big lawsuits about, you know, making them illegal or trying to get them off the street. That's why oh, this is all very disingenuous. It has nothing to do with public health. It has everything to do with trying to control these alternatives that people have thought up. And I really want to say that, you know, for an attorney general of North Carolina to do this, it's just baffling. And I, I think it's quite sad. There's so many other things that he could actually be focusing on. And I know he has, and I know he could put a lot of his effort in doing so. Uh, but to really see that a North Carolina attorney general would do this, it seems to me that it's all about the money. It has nothing to do with public health. Because when you, you think you might have a victory for the kids today, uh, you're really impacting all adult consumers tomorrow. And, and for me and for all of the people who will have illnesses because of tobacco and because of anything else, I think that is really something that is concerning. Learn more about the global grassroots movement for consumer choice at consumerchoicecenter.org. Yelosowski, David Clement, also co-host uh, the Consumer Choice Radio Show, which airs on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, uh, glad that you're back uh, in uh, home base uh, from your trip uh, to the Greek uh, Isles. Uh, what a beautiful vacation that must have been. I know you enjoyed it after, well, a couple of weeks here in the States. F1 racing, I mean, you are having a summer to remember in the year 2021. Oh, yes, sir. That's what it's all about. That's what the whole point of ditching the mask was all about. And uh, it ain't over because what do we got this weekend? We got July 4th. So we're going to be smoking some meat, too. Smoking some meat. Uh, are, are the restrictions lifted enough so you know, none of your neighbors will be uh, phoning the law again based on you know your meat smoker in the uh, courtyard of your apartment complex? Oh, I'm actually counting on it. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have some to give to the cops. I'm, no I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, yo, thanks so much, man. Cheers, Joe. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, their website, if you'd like to learn more, again, about the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. Uh, 